and we're back at it again. Can you believe it's already episode five? Oh my goodness. So my name is Ben Pruitt and I am your host for this podcast and we are here. And I'm so excited that you are being mindful in this moment and spending your time listening to others share their perspectives on different lenses. So there are many people that I want to appreciate and thank that helped us get to this point. First and foremost, I want to thank the Arc of E. We are hosted by the Arc of E, and if you haven't checked out their other material, please give it a shot. They have regular content on music, movies, television, and more, including new podcast that I am co-hosting with Alex Mayfield. We take a dive into Avatar, The Last Airbender, and analyze each episode through a different lens, like trust, responsibility, and more. Then we discuss the many things that the show has taught us, which is quite a bit. So you can find that on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher by searching for the TV arc. Again, you can search for the TV arc. I also want to officially thank Ben Gant, the podcast's resident graphic designer. His creative vision has blessed us with this new logo that you hopefully can see. And shout out to everyone that has just demonstrated the vulnerability to share something as personal as a Vespers on this project. Sharing our creativity with the world is difficult and challenging, and so a huge shout out to everyone who has given this a shot. Remember, you can submit your own Vespers to this project as well by emailing thevespersproject at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, let us discuss one such contributor, Whitney Kahn. You may know her from her service on the mountain or from her work with the Y, and if not, know that she is a dedicated teacher a mentor, and a supporter of teens. She has invested 12 years of her life working as the Chapel Hill Carborough Leaders Club advisor and continues to show her support for teens on the mountain each year as the Leadership 16 teacher. Currently, she serves as an advisor for the local Gigi's Playhouse Youth Advisory Board. The program is designed to change the way the world views Down syndrome and send a global message of acceptance for all. Because of her leadership, we will be fortunate enough to hear from one of the members of the Youth Advisory Board on a future episode. So do me a favor, keep your ears open, and pay attention, because that episode is going to be really interesting. For now, let's think about this episode. Whitney has given us a unique opportunity to dive into the concept of trust. And as the music transitions us into the Vespers, try to stay mindful and stay present in this moment. Here we go. simple to say, but difficult to earn. A simple concept that changes with age. The bedrock of most relationships yet can be shattered in an instant. Can I trust you? Do you trust me? What makes us trust ourselves? The questions that define our morals, that define how we approach others, how others approach us. 
trust. With no rule book to lead the way, but where do you start? How do you learn what starts the process? Is it a feeling? Do you check the boxes? How do I measure up? We start with our parents who teach us how to trust them and not to trust strangers. They trust in us to tell the truth and be where we say we will be. How do you trust in others that have not yet proven they can be trusted? They say just trust. Trust in who they are and what they have proven to be true. Trust in me in all you do. Have the faith I have in you. Love will see us through If only you trust in me Why don't you, you trust me Come to me When things go wrong Cling to me, Daddy Oh, yeah, and I'll be strong we can get along, we can get along Oh, if only you trusted me While there's a moon, a moon on high While there are birds, birds to fly You and I I can be sure That I love you Oh, stand beside me Stand beside me All the while Come on, Daddy, face the future Why don't you smile Trust in me And I'll be worthy of you Oh, yeah, yeah Why don't you You're trusting me In all you do And have the faith I, I have in you struggle to understand what makes me trusted. I lack the confidence to trust myself most of the time, but crave that trust in me from others. So much so, I paint a picture of confidence that gets confused with arrogance and dominance. But what does trust look like? I think I'm trustworthy, but you just can't tell people that. We have all broken someone's trust, sometimes to protect their feelings and at times 
to protect ourselves. My parents raised me to value that trust is one of the most important things between two people. Losing that trust can be like a dagger to your heart that can be impossible to forget. Once it's lost, how do you gain it back again? Or is it lost forever? No, that's not how it should be. I believe in myself to make the right decisions. My intentions are true. I am someone you can turn to. Trust in me. Count on me. Turn to me. Let me be your person. I know you've been hurt by someone else. I could tell by the way you carry yourself. If you let me, here's what I do. I'll take care of you. politics, the judgment, the never-ending influence of social media, it's hard to understand who's telling the truth. Those who choose the path of trust are often the ones hurt first. 
We open our doors, answer the phones, trust in the people that tell us with confidence to follow their rules. But these rules are just words and often a fallacy, a trickery that leads us down a path of never trusting again. They say to stand up for what you believe in, but who do you believe? The trust in their words, their actions, their confidence, but they go behind our backs to benefit only them. Trust depends on honesty, integrity, putting aside our differences. It's not too much to ask for something in return. The truth not only sets us free, but builds trust in our ability to sift through the lies. Sometimes the things we need most are so hard to find, but makes it more precious when we finally give us that respect. Trust. Is there a timeline to earn someone's trust or to trust in someone? Sometimes I think I trust others too fast, not in a gullible way, but willing to let people in too early. Honestly, I think it's because I want to be trusted in return, but trust is not reciprocated automatically. I pray that our experiences have not tarnished the belief in ourselves and the ability to trust in others. Let us find the truth, the trust, and earn it from others. Have faith in others and stand by me, because I will stand by you. Amen. Hands, put your empty hands in mine. And scars, show me all the scars you hide. And hey, if your wings look broken, please take mine so yours can open too. Because I'm going to stand by you. And all tears make a lot of scars in
breaking down We can find a way to break through And even if we can't find heaven I'll walk through fire with you Love, you're not alone Cause I'm gonna stand by you Even if we can't find heaven Welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us. We have Whitney Kahn with us. You had the pleasure of just hearing her Vespers on Trust. And I'm really excited because Whitney is someone I admire when it comes to Leaders Club. She has helped me a lot when I have questions. And so I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her. Here she is. Hi, everyone. I'm Whitney Kahn. And, you know, Vespers throughout the, the years that I have heard them, experienced them, helped others to create them, has been really impactful on my life and the work that I've done. I spent 15 years working for the Chapel Hill Carborough YMCA, and it really molded me and who I was, and these experiences are just a part of it, and I'm really excited to be here. It's really cool because Vespers has been going on for years. Absolutely. For years. I don't know when the first one started or when that was incorporated into the school or into Leaders Club in general, but it's been going on for a long time. Absolutely. What Do you have any idea and recollection of your the first time you heard of Vespers? Well, I mean, I think it was most likely at a rally that I had my first year in 2005 of working with Leaders Club. It was likely that environment, but... I didn't really get the impact until that first year I went to Blue Ridge Leader School in 2005. And coming up and not understanding the way that you listen to a Vespers and the objective of what you're supposed to get out of it. And I looked around a lot and saw people just laying there and closing their eyes and reflecting. And I just kept looking around and not understanding why we were listening to this and then I let myself go and understand more about what I can get out of it yeah versus what people were telling me I should be getting out of it and that changed my perspective it's a very personal experience to go through a Vespers process it is and I think I think I might be a little bit different than some sure in terms of my interpretation of Vespers because I've seen a lot of teenagers, especially after Vespers, they are puffy-eyed and crying like no other. And I never, don't say never, I rarely ever shed a tear during a Vespers. I think I've only shed a tear twice. I agree. I, in my four years being involved with Vespers, I 
I haven't cried once, but I also don't cry ever. So it's one of those things where like <laughs> I I haven't cried in a long time. And actually, I did cry pretty recently, but that's I was it was a very overwhelming thing that I was going through at the time, mm-hmm. and that was something that was very abnormal. And before that, I hadn't cried for years. And mm-hmm. so uh, I agree with you that a lot of our teens are going through this in a very di- with a very different lens. Uh, and I think that's what's so beautiful about Vespers is, and I wonder if my experience is because of whether I trust the process or not, and whether I trust myself to be vulnerable in that way in front of 900 people. And I think that they may or may not have that ability, whether that's a trust thing or not. I almost think a little bit of the opposite. The environment of Blue Ridge Leader School is a very unique place. I have seen a lot of people cry up on that mountain that have never cried off of the mountain. And because it's not about trust, it is a little bit, which is ironic that this is what my investors is about, but it's a little bit of letting your guard down. And that's what that environment does. And so I think that part of it is just emotion comes over them because they start to feel things that they haven't felt before. Mm -hmm. And so I get that. Do I cry up on that mountain all the time? All week long, I am crying nonstop but most likely from a very different place than yeah. the teens that are there. My experience has solely been as an adult up on that mountain. And so I do understand that I am normally crying out of pride for the teens that I'm working with and seeing them accomplish something or go through something and come out on the other side. It's very rarely that I'm crying for myself or the reflection on something that I've gone through, that doesn't make me cry up there. It's more so seeing and feeling what the teens are going through and being happy that that, that I'm a part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. So hearing this Vespers when I was listening to it was really interesting for me because there's so many aspects of our lives that revolve around trust. Not just our lives on the mountain, but our lives everywhere. Like trust is so integral to our sense of belonging, our everything. Everything Mm -hmm. that we go through involves trust. So what led you to picking trust as your, your lens for your Vespers? I thought about different words that meant something to me. And mother about it. I've talked to other teenagers that I've worked with over over the years, but I I also just sat there and and listed a bunch of words that I thought came to mind, just as a spitfire kind of action. And trust kept coming back around. I think mostly because I'm curious about I don't think it's talked about a lot in the way that people are open and saying, you know what? I trust you. Nobody ever says that <laughs> to me or anybody. I've never said it to somebody else. It's just this inherent um, trait that people start telling somebody something and it's because they trust in them or they trust a situation because they've been taught to do so by someone else. And I was curious about where 
people find those answers and how I can morph my experiences into finding more answers for myself because I think there's a portion of me that is curious on how I gain more of that trust. And yeah. so I chose trust to really understand and reflect on me. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part, but understanding that there's others that are going through a similar path and almost calling, calling it out. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like this is a universal topic. You, like this is a journey for you mm -hmm. as you wrote this and as you uh, reflected on trust. Uh, but I think that like this spoke to me very, like all of the things that you were saying were like, yes, that yes, me too, me too, me too. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that our listeners will also feel that way, that they will, that they will feel that these questions in their bones mm -hmm. because it's something that we're all grappling with. So uh, you, you talked about how you wrote this as a way to kind of reflect for you. Did you gain any insight as you were writing this? I think what I realized is, you know, the first section I talk a, a lot in question format on purpose because I think that these initially were questions that I had about trust. Mm -hmm. But then what I realized was I think it's what most people question about trust. Yeah. And so it was my way of calling it out and saying, listen, you're not alone in the fact that you question where it came from and why. And I think that that's an important way to almost face it head on by questioning it. And that was important for me to, to understand other people's point of view, even if they're not talking back to me, it's, yeah. you know, by questioning it. So asking those questions helped you not only realize what questions you were asking yourself, but also uh, helped you with an empathy standpoint of like where, what are other people going through? What are other people asking? Certainly, and I think Vespers in its core is this whole reflection thing, right? And it has certainly allowed me to take a step back and say, how am I approaching people? Am I presenting myself as a trustworthy person? Sometimes I doubt that, and sometimes I'm like, no, no, I, you know what? I'm proving that, that I can be trustworthy, and guess what? Others are doing the same to me, and I need to recognize that and um, accept that. Yeah. I think sometimes I don't because I put that guard up, because I make assumptions, and this has kind of helped me to say, you know what, maybe I don't need to question them so much yeah. and just trust in their intentions and their understanding of a, a scenario or a situation that, that they're going through as well. Yeah. That's so interesting. So thinking about your Vespers and how you kind of approached it is, I think, also integral. You talked about how the first portion of your Vespers was mainly questions, um, but it also, throughout your Vespers, you speak in a cadence. It's not like somebody, it's not a conversational tone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I assume that was on purpose. Yes. And so, <laughs> uh, so knowing that, um, why? Why did you choose to do it that way? So over the years, 15 years of being in the YMCA, and now I have not been with the Y for three years. And so 18 years in the Y and um, 15 years up on the mountain of Blue Ridge, uh, 
I've seen a lot of Vespers, over a hundred Vespers, I would say. And um, I don't remember probably 98 of them in terms of what was said. Yeah. And do I remember that they were good or maybe less than impressive? Yeah, I do. However, there were two that stand out in my mind from the standpoint of making an impact. And it's not because of the songs that they used. It was because of the words that were used. And one in particular repeated various words throughout her Vespers and understanding that that's the portion that was making an impact. That she kept going back to the same theme, kept going back to remind us where she's coming from and where she hopes that we are going to come from in terms of an understanding. And the second one that made a big impact was where this person gave a personal account and let himself be vulnerable during this Vespers. And that really struck me and impressed me and and made, made me cry. Yeah. That was the one that made me cry. And I wanted to make sure that I did it a little bit differently so that the words actually stuck. The cadence format, I know that there's spoken word poetry that's done out there and I sit there and listen to that and am very impressed by the people <laughs> that can do that and I in no way have the ability to do it like that but all I know is that during those poetry moments when they're on stage you can feel them, you can not just hear the words but understand them in a new light yeah and I felt like that the cadence format allows me to emphasize the words that I feel maybe more than others the repetitive action of repeating the word trust really helps to dive more into what the whole topic was about so I want to take a minute to kind of talk about your songs mm -hmm. and go through uh, each of them just to kind of figure out like why'd you pick this mm -hmm. one what were some of the things that spoke up to you that like this is why I chose it and etc and so um, let's start with song one this is like it's a, a jazzy feel tell mm -hmm. me about it what's the song title who's it by all that stuff so the song is trust in me by Etta James and I, I must say that from the start I am probably the most not gullible, but I, I'm not sure of the word. I do not always understand the full outward meaning of a song. I feel a song. And so okay. sometimes when I hear something, I'm like, yes, that speaks to me. But then I go back and look at the words and I say, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's supposed to speak to me because <laughs> I don't think it means what it think it me I think yeah. it means. And so I started out with a simple song in Trust In Me. It is very simple. It is, I think 1937 is when the song uh, was done. And so it is, kind of goes back to though my roots of singing and I love jazz music, but it is a song about just 
allowing you to have this simple ask of someone to trust in them. And she's asking to, to trust in her, and by doing so, she will trust in them. And it's almost an easy ask. Yet we know from the questions that I was asking in the, in the section before, it's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she talks about, you know, I asked the questions, you know, in that first section, but then she goes back and says, we can get along if only you trust in me. Trust in me and I'll be worthy of you. So it's almost like I'm demanding your trust, but guess what? You're going to get a lot out of it too because I'll trust in you. I find it so interesting. Brene Brown talks about how trust is not like a litmus test. It's not like a, a thing that you can, like a pH test. It's not something mm -hmm. you dip in water and like, okay, I trust you now, mm -hmm. right? It's like, it's not a, a, a light switch you flip on and off, right? Right. It's something that has to be built upon. It's a, there, it requires a foundation. Patrick Lencioni talks about the five dysfunctions of a team and the first dysfunction is the absence of trust, right? right? And so th there's all of this all these people who have talked about how trust is foundational in any relationship, trust is foundational in any team that you're working with. Certainly. Right? And all of those people, I think, are referencing the same thing, but they all word it just a little bit differently, mm -hmm. right? And so it's really interesting to me, but I, I love the line in this, that have faith, have the mm -hmm. faith I have in you, love will see us through if only you trust in me. And that was the last line that I wanted to bring up because right? That is just, it spoke to me because it was saying, let your guard down and just let it happen. Let it take you over almost. And love will come out. You know, I know your Vespers was about love. Yeah. And, you know, oh, love will see us through. It'll, it'll carry us. But as long as there's that foundation of yeah. trust. Well, it's funny because we in mind we talk about how love is an action, mm -hmm. right? And I think that one of the actions that builds love is trusting, mm -hmm. right? My ability to trust in you and to share with you things that are vulnerable to me mm -hmm. is an act of love, but it's also an act of trust, right? Right? And so I think that uh, trust is integral to love, and trust also requires action. Certainly. Right? And that's what this is saying. Like, you can you can trust me. You can feel that all you want. But if I don't feel that you trust me, if I don't feel that I can trust you, we're both, like, in this trusting place. But until we share that with each other. Yeah, and almost prove it to each other. Yeah. I, I think that there's this proof of um, there's some levels of trust that somebody just tells you to trust and, and hopefully you you trust due to previous things that they have done or not done. Yeah. But there comes a time, I think, when you grow older that it is more of a feeling than almost this proof entity of, yeah. well, I trust in them because they were there last time. But it turns into this feeling of, I feel good when I trust them. And... <laughs> I get things out of it when I trust them. So it's and almost trusting trust in trust. Yeah, yeah, in a sense. How weird is that, right? Because you trust in the process and in the fact that when I trust this person, I'm a better person, mm -hmm. right? 
because that's that's what I'm hearing from you is when I trust people, I am better for it, mm-hmm. right? I am living a more wholehearted life Certainly. when I am trusting other people, mm-hmm. and sometimes that leads to me getting hurt. Certainly. And if I don't, and then you talk about this, and as long as I don't close myself off after that, I'm still going to be able to reap the benefits, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I mean, and that's why you know, kind of in a sense, going toward towards that second song, but. In my second section, I'm really talking about the fact that it doesn't always work out. It doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> and you get hurt a lot. Yeah. And sometimes it's an unequal relationship or expectation. Some people have a higher expectation of trust. And when you say that you're going to do something, that they're trusting in the fact that you're going to follow through. Yeah. Or trusting that somebody will be there when you need them most. It doesn't always happen. It's not all sunshine and roses. And we have to figure out how to get, not even past it, but incorporate it into the truths that come down the road and how you can interpret that to know who to trust moving forward. Yeah. I, th- I think that I have, um, my 40 years of life, have gone through many different relationships and relationships that have hurt you for reasons that you don't necessarily understand. And the the friendships that you lose and then you look back and go, oh, I get it because I didn't necessarily either trust in them or show them that they should trust in me. Yeah. And hindsight 2020 absolutely (laughs) so you know that that's that's part of the process of going through life is that understanding that it's not always going to be a great situation but how you react is often the biggest learning of of each situation that you go through yeah and I I like how you talked about how it becomes more of a feeling with with experience Mm -hmm. right because for me I that really vibes with me because I feel like I have a pretty strong intuitive sense of who I should trust. I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character. I used to say that I only need is 10 or 15 minutes with you to know whether I'm gonna be your friend, mm-hmm. right? And I have certainly been wrong about that. And I've also learned more and more through experience to trust my gut. Mm-hmm. And that has been really interesting for me talking about how like learning to trust myself Right? Certainly. But uh, let's move on to your second song. Tell okay. me about what this song is and why you chose it and what's going on here. Absolutely. So the second song is Take Care. It's Rihanna and Drake in there, and that's a little bit of a, uh, a risk for me uh, because it goes into the realm of maybe not understanding everything that's in that song, but there were certain portions that really spoke to me that, that I felt like related to the idea of trust and and understanding that in that previous section I'm talking about the fact that you sometimes lose people's trust or um, they prove you wrong in a sense and I think that this is talking a lot about that and when trust is broken as it often is it's hard to get it back and that is a really hard thing to grasp we all make mistakes But when trust is lost, it's not even that you have to work twice as hard to get it back. It's almost that it might be done and over with. Yeah. 
and that's a scary thing. And and you know the song looks at how you you know you take care of someone after their heart is broken, and it approaches trust from the angle of giving it and gaining it and losing it, maybe all at the same time, and and that that's really important to understand. You know, so the because if you let me. Here is what I'll do. I'll take care of you. I've lost love. I've lost recognizing that we all have gone through the good and the bad and through it all. She will take care of him. And that you've got to trust her to do this and or trust in him to do this or trust in anyone to do this. And the fact that we trust that we understand people's experiences maybe not exactly what they're going through, but it allows you to have a, a perspective or a different lens on how to approach them. And, you know, going back to Blue Ridge, we talk a lot about that in my class, about understanding. First, you have to understand who you are. Not everybody trusts in the same way. Truth. Not everybody looks at your actions and sees that they can trust you from those actions, even though you might think that they should, or vice versa. And how does that define your reaction? Will you still trust in them? Will you still love them? Will you still take care of them? And that's what this song says to me, is that it's saying, you know, I, I know that you've loved, I know you've lost, but I'm going to still take care of you. No matter what. Okay. We have another song. Yes. And so tell me about this song. What um, what led you to choose it? What's the title? Who's it by? Stand By You by Rachel Platten. And I chose this song because it helps you understand how hard it is sometimes to earn people's trust and love and what you need to do to prove it to someone almost. So even if we're breaking down, we can find a way to break through, right? So understanding that. Love, you're not alone, because I'm going to stand by you. That really struck me as a, as a really, some great lines there. And yeah, you're, you're all, I never knew I needed. And the heart sometimes is clear why it's beating. And love, if your wings are broken, we can brave through those emotions too. That's my favorite line. Because I'm going to stand by you. The, it's just making it very clear why trust is a good thing to have. Yeah. Because this is what we all crave. We all crave that someone's going to stand by. I crave that somebody's going to stand by me. Certainly. I have... I, desperately yearn to know that someone is going to be this person for me mm -hmm. right and Certainly. there are many times in my life where I'm not sure that I have that absolutely and I think that in the section prior to this it's where I talk about that you know in in me and understanding that I need somebody that's going to stand by me and and understand me and um, fulfill that need in me because I don't always get it. Yeah. And I don't really know what the formula 
person to somebody and a lot of times don't get it and I don't necessarily know why but I do crave it and I crave it's not just love but I think that the trust it's almost more important than love sometimes it's the first step is the foundation right yeah I mean it just the bedrock if you will if you will <laughs> so it's just understanding that you shouldn't give up on trust even if you've been burned and um, that really speaks to me because one of the things that I one of the words that I really love and speaks to me on a regular basis is grace mm -hmm. and having grace and uh, it's a very spiritual word for me it's to when I get burned to have grace when someone faults me or does something wrong I need to give them grace mm -hmm. and realize that no one really wants to hurt another person. So, you know, there are sociopaths, there are psychopaths. I hope not. But yeah. like, <laughs> like people are inherently good, and I truly believe that. I truly believe that people are inherently good, and it's taken me a long time to get there. I did not mm -hmm. always believe that. And my phrase in high school was, "I hate people," oh. right? And I work with people on a regular basis now, and but. I kind of grew up like hating the idea of people because it was always people who made the mistakes, right? But I had no grace. I had no ability to forgive people for the fact that they are human and that we make mistakes and that we don't always have the whole story. So we act in ways that are unfounded, but then we learn and we are able to come back from that. Right. I mean, I think that that's... <laughs> Kind of going back to my class at, at Blue Ridge, it's uh, very surrounding by surrounded by the paradigms that we go through, and and as we grow up, we have these paradigms that are very focused on one thing or the other, your viewpoint of the world, right? And if your lens is only through your eyes, versus what we talk about is being um, values or principles centered. You're not basing it on the values that you want and hope in others to have. You're not looking at it through that lens. Then you don't have a full understanding of the fact that others might be coming from a good place, and yet you know that you you can trust in that because generally people, hopefully, are are coming from that place. But I think it's interesting that you you talk about grace because I think that that's what I would hope for, but I have doubt a yeah. lot about that. And because of what you've gone through, you know, you've yeah. gone through and you sit there and say, wow, I put so much into anything that you, you talk about and you've lost. And sometimes it's okay to say, this stinks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I've changed a lot over the years. And I think that I, I used to talk about my passion and how everybody would say that I have a lot of passion for the things that I do. But I'm not so sure that people saw it that way. It's the way that I saw it, and I hoped that others would see it the same way. Interesting. And my lens now is very much surrounded by I need to just take a step back and listen to their reaction 
listen to or watch their mannerisms and then make some adjustments because I'm not always right even though I thought I was doing it from the for the right reasons and so I've learned a lot over the years of, of how I need to approach people differently because of their viewpoint or their version of trust and how it can be very very different yeah. than my lens of trust the and stories we tell ourselves truly mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. Yeah. the way we see the world certainly the <laughs> You talked about how you, you always wanted somebody to to trust you or yeah. you know to, to validate that. So it, obviously not used in this vespers, but <laughs> I always thought that somebody I don't even know who, but there are many people in my life that I've always thought, wow, they should sing that song, "The Wind Beneath My Wings," to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because I have been there for them, yeah. and they don't even realize it. But I want to get that validation yeah. and that understanding. They're like, come on, I've been holding you up. But now I'm taking a step back and going, wow, was I doing that for them? Yeah. Or was I doing that for me? Mm-hmm. And not really understanding that place. And so, um, and that makes you approach people in a different way. And so I would say that it takes me longer to trust somebody now than it did before. But that trust leads to much more loyalty now than it did before. Interesting. So, you know, I talk about in the Vespers how I'm, I'm very easy to trust people. And in general, I think because I see the good in people, similar to you, I see that I should just generally trust them unless they give me a reason not to. But I think now I utilize the doubt in a little bit different way. And am a little bit more guarded. Interesting. Sometimes than I want to be, but yeah. But I think I'm trying to protect myself as well. Yeah, and there's a fine line between having no fence and having a very high high wall, mm-hmm. right? And so it all depends on again the experiences that we've had that led us to okay, I think I need a fence or nope, I am totally open and free and totally mm-hmm. willing for you know, everybody to just tread on me. <laughs> right, right. Because I have been walked over yeah. a lot. And I am somebody that I believe can be trusted because of I've, I've proved that. I will go above and beyond for anybody, really anybody. And just because I know that it's the right thing to do. But when it stops getting recognized as you're going above and beyond and it gets assumed and that's when you get walked all over. Yeah. I went through a, a many years where people said comments like, oh, Whitney will just do it because she always would volunteer to do it. You talk about how you uh, it requires confidence to trust mm-hmm. yourself. Can you just ex- elaborate a little bit on that? I think you have to believe in yourself in order to have trust um, and to open yourself to trusting others. And therefore, you have to have the confidence that you are making the right decisions or coming at it from the right way. But as I said, my confidence sometimes gets misunderstood as dominance and arrogance in a way that 
um, I think is my defense mechanism to cover up the yeah, yeah. self-doubt that I have of if I can be trusted or have I not opened myself up to trusting others enough. It, you know, it's the self-esteem aspect of I feel like you have to have some self-confidence and a stronger self-esteem in order to open the door to trust. For me, I think about like what what do I do that makes it so that I don't trust me, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot, like frankly, I'm like I'm dressed in workout clothes right now because I'm about to go work out after this. And there have been so many times where I've been at home and I've like I've told myself I'm going to go work out, and then I don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's conflict, there's this cognitive dissonance of like, I want to go do this, and I don't want to go do this. I won't eat that piece of sugar, mm-hmm. I won't eat that candy bar, but then I want to eat the candy bar. Of course. Right, I always want to eat the candy <laughs> bar. And like, it's bad, because I have a, like a bag of candy from Halloween right next to my desk, and so it's like, well, ah! And so, like, I, I lose trust for myself in those moments. Absolutely. When they're seemingly small, but they constantly happen throughout my day. It, like, is that your experience too? Or? Very much so. I mean, everything that you do is a series of choices. Yeah. And I think trust and self-confidence and all the things we're talking about today, love, you know, all these different words that come into play at every moment of the day. Sometimes it's justification. <laughs> it's a, hey, I just worked out, so I'm going to go have a piece of candy. Because mm-hmm. that's okay. Because yeah. you know what? That makes me happy. Yeah. That piece of candy made me happy. Because sometimes it does. Yeah. But also this understanding of trying to do it better the next time. Yeah. So I'm... You're going to take us in another direction, mm-hmm. uh, still very much on the topic of trust, but uh, we're going to p- throw in some hypotheticals. Okay. So you are meeting someone brand new mm-hmm. on the street, mm-hmm. um, and you're having a conversation, and your goal is to build trust with this person. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Look them in the eye. Yeah. Okay. Tell me why. So eye contact to me is one of the biggest ways to build trust because I feel like you can see and understand sometimes of where they're coming from not just their eyes but the muscles around their eyes if they're squinting if they're raising their eyebrows if they are you know opening them wide because it shows that they're interested or if they're not engaged and they're looking other ways I think your eyes can tell you a lot about a person and so if I'm meeting somebody new, I'm, I'm starting with their eyes. I think it's interesting that you say eye contact because th- that was not what I was expecting you to say. Mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't know what I was expecting, but that was not okay. it. And so it was one of those things where like, I, as I now think about what you're telling me and what I do, what I would want to do in order to build trust, I find it so interesting because I think about the times when people aren't making eye contact with me, when I'm trying to make a bid for connection mm-hmm. and they're looking at their phone or they're staring at, they're, they're doing something else. And there are times when when I've built, already have a foundation of trust with that person where if they're doing that, I know they're paying attention and listening. But that with somebody new, 
I think you're right that like if they aren't looking me in the eye and showing that they are at all interested in the conversation, like I'm not going to trust them with information, right? Right. Like, and in our day and age with cell phones being so prominent in our like phone life integration, right? right? And so it's it's it is such a deterrent from trust building, and I wonder if that is a factor in our low trust society right now. I wonder if I it is. Agree. Uh, I am the person on the airplane who talks to everybody next to them. Ah, you're one of those. I am one of those. Now, I've been on some planes where I'm like headphones in and I'm asleep. Okay, bye. Take off. <laughs> <laughs> would take off. But I am genuinely interested in people. Yeah. And their story and their ability to want to hear my story. So when I want to build trust, the being able to look at somebody is, I think, one of the biggest gifts. And I think of, you know, the integration of technology and yeah. society these days and how much people are affected. And I talk about this a little bit in my Vespers about how social media and politics and people tell people, hey, commercials, the election's coming up. The commercials that are on there that are talking about this person did this and this person did this and this person did this and trust me that I do everything right and then the next commercial does the flip and who are you supposed to trust and um, knowing that I am very grateful for some of the technology that we have because my nephews and my niece would have no clue who I was, really, if they couldn't see me. And I don't mean that in a, if you don't have the ability to see, that you can't build trust with somebody. I'm, and so that I don't want that to diminish the capability, but I think that it, it is a great way to understand people and to make that connection. Yeah. Because without the connection, you don't have the ability. So. Um, we talk a lot about how emails and texts lose, there's no tone yeah. associated with that. And um, even though there's no words being spoken, when you look at somebody, you can read the tone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a sense of the environment, of yeah. the, the, where they're coming from. If they're shedding a tear, even though they're not saying anything, if they're shedding a tear based on the things that you're saying, I think that by seeing them, you can tell if it's a happy tear or a sad tear. Um, so I just think that it tells so much more about a person. Wow, okay, so I feel I have more questions now than I did at the beginning, and just because there's so much around this, it's such a big topic, it's, mm -hmm. there's so much involved. Mm -hmm. And I find it, that's what I love about Vespers, is it gives us this chance to reflect and think on things that are integral to our lives, whether it be love, trust, respect, all of these things that we are constantly working through and working with, what an awesome opportunity it is to sit and reflect and think about them. And I think that, to me, that's the point yeah. of Vespers, or devotion, or um, a conversation in a Blue Ridge class. I take a step back and say, this is not about learning something new or 
hearing a song that you really like that you'll go listen to from now on, it is what questions does it raise? What conversations do they lead to? Yeah. That is the real learning, you know, of 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 Vespers and understanding that wow, you can get so much more out of it because now you understand where this person's coming from. And I when I agreed to do this, I was skeptical. <laughs> Never done anything like this. I've helped people with their Vespers many, many times. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there going, oh, I have to do this? I, I don't know how to do it, <laughs> even though <laughs> I do. But it was also a little fear yeah. of will people accept it? Will people react positively? Or will people understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. You know, and so yes, we have more questions, and I do too. You know, after yeah. this, going, oh, I should have included this in my best words. But I think that's the beauty of it is yeah. the understanding that, and I will say this here is that I welcome any conversation about this topic or any others that hopefully come from people hearing this yeah absolutely so if you're listening we have a challenge for you I would love it and I assume when you can echo me but I would love it if you would think about the people in your life and who are those people that you want to develop your trust with and I want to encourage you to have a conversation with that person and just talk about maybe you listen to this podcast together and you listen to uh, the Vespers portion and you go and say hey can we talk about what trust is for us because um, that can only help I think and just talking about it and making sure that clear is kind and put it all out in the open so that you know what you're both thinking um, so that hopefully you can have a more developed relationship with yeah, that person. I think that I like that clear is kind to lead with that kindness that you're coming from a good place that you're coming from a place of Maybe not understanding, because that's part of why we have these conversations, but um, you lead with kindness, you come from a place of um, being open to the possibility of understanding. Be open to the possibility of understanding. Man, that is a great way to end this conversation. <laughs> Be open to the possibility of understanding. Wow. Okay, so we've just had a wonderful conversation with Whitney Kahn. She has graced us with this wonderful Vespers on trust, and hopefully it has uh, created a way for us to engage in a conversation uh, around trust at home. And if at most it helped us think about trust in a different way or in a new way, perhaps, then we've accomplished our goal. So. Thank you, Whitney, for joining me today. Thank you, Ben, for having me. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Vespers Project. If you have a moment of spare time, we would really appreciate an iTunes review. And even more than that, we'd appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends, family, and anybody else that might enjoy listening. Remember, 
you can connect with the podcast by emailing thevespersproject at gmail.com. We really hope to hear from you. We look forward to spending time with you next episode. But for now, we need to sign off and think about this trust concept a little bit more. Have a great day. Thank you.